Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metalsmithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian, and as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Today, we chat with Justice Marcy Khan about living in a former bungalow colony in Mohegan Lake, New York, which is in northern Westchester County and is about 50 miles from Manhattan. Mohegan Lake is a sparse suburb of New York City with a population of about 6,000. The lake itself contains beaches, but they are occasionally closed for swimming due to harmful algae blooms. It was named Lake Mohegan in 1859 by William Jones, who owned the Mount Pleasant Hotel on the eastern side of the lake. Even though the community has a Native American name, there is no evidence that any member of the Mohegan tribe ever inhabited the area. As of October 2022, the medium home price of homes sold in Mohegan Lake was $415,000. That includes unattached homes, co-ops, and condos. To us, the most intriguing thing about the area is that it was home to several summer bungalow colonies in the 1950s and 60s. You may know that a bungalow is essentially a small house with no frills. But what's a bungalow colony, you ask? You ask that, Gil? I always do. (laughs) According to an August 2nd, 2013 New York Times article, bungalow colonies became part of a lower and middle-class Jewish life at the turn of the last century, when Jewish farmers in Orange, Ulster, and Sullivan counties began renting rooms and then cottages to boarders. As these expanded into full-blown developments, each one operated by a single family, bungalow colonies began to offer resort-like amenities in an enclave of humble, close-knit cottages, some renting for as low as a few dollars a week. Wow. 
Eventually, the area became known as the Jewish Alps, <laughs> with as many as 500 bungalow colonies dotting the landscape at mid-century, the heyday of the Borscht Belt. As Jews assimilated and global travel expanded in the 1970s, this part of the Catskills descended into economic decline, and colonies were taken over by Orthodox sects or abandoned. That's the end of the New York Times quote. Some of the former summer communities have been turned into co-ops that offer an affordable alternative to bigger homes in the area. That seems to be the case of Marcy's community in northern Westchester County. Now about our guest, Gil. Marcy was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. She attended Stanford University for her undergrad and earned a law degree from New York University. She began her career as an assistant special state prosecutor in the New York State Attorney General's office, prosecuting corruption in the New York City criminal justice system. Wow. Corruption's there as well. <laughs> okay. Thereafter, she went into private practice, first as an associate and then as a partner. Then she was privileged to be appointed to the New York City Criminal Court, where she was the first openly lesbian judge in the criminal court. Then she was elected to the New York State Supreme Court twice and eventually designated to serve on our state's intermediate appellate court. Now that she has retired, and she really doesn't seem at all retired, folks, <laughs> she performs public policy advocacy work on a pro bono basis, particularly in the areas of climate change. Yeah, I'm with you on that. She also continues to serve on the New York Tribal Court Committee. Her interests include tennis, reading, walks in the woods, and playing with their 13-year-old Labradoodle. Marcy's wife, Diane Churchill, who is unfortunately unable to join us, is equally intimidating. She has a doctorate in clinical social work and is a full-time psychotherapist in private practice. She taught graduate social work for 25 years in schools and at a psychoanalytic institute, but retired from those activities. She's an avid gardener and has created a wonderful ecological garden at the cottage supporting hummingbirds, rabbits, monarch butterflies, and other wildlife, as well as plants indigenous to the region. Marcy and Diane split their time between their Mohegan Lake home and their Manhattan home. Full disclosure, folks, Jean worked with Justice Khan, and we appreciate your graceful acceptance of our invitation to join the podcast. You are our very first Westchester County guest. So we are very thankful. Welcome to Retire There. Would you start with how you and Diane decided on your venue? And thereafter, we can get into the nitty gritty info. Sure. Um, thank you very much, uh, Gil and Jean, uh, for inviting me to be here. I'm delighted to participate in this really exciting project you have. Thank you. Diane and I, during the 80s, owned a vacation home in Putnam County, New York, which is the county just north of Westchester. It's mm -hmm. sort of exurbs of New York. <laughs> it was near a private lake also, in the woods also. Uh, we loved it, but it was hard to commute from there. We found ourselves, for a variety of reasons, not going very often. We, in the late 90s, sold the house. We didn't think that we would have a second home again. But uh, a friend invited us to, uh, or invited Diane up to visit her in the Mohegan Woodlands Cooperative, formerly Bungalow community on the border of Putnam and Westchester County, about halfway from the Taconic Parkway and 
the Hudson River. And Diane liked it very much. And she persuaded me to come up and see it. I think I only found out once I was there, I thought I was just visiting the friend, you know, but uh, oh no, oh no, there was someone who wanted to sell their bungalow, right? Okay, surprise. So we, you know, it was a very nice area. The bungalow community is, our bungalow community is one of the few that has been in continuous operation really since the 1940s, when it was a summer camp. And uh, it became a bungalow colony in the 50s. It became a cooperative in the mid-1960s. We have 28 cottages on about 10 acres. We also proximate to wetlands, and we acquired some of the wetlands uh, territory too. The houses are all occupied. None of them are abandoned. Many of them have been renovated like ours. We have uh, some pretty nice amenities, we think, in addition to the adjacent wetlands and woodlands. We have a a beautiful swimming pool. We have a a tennis court with a hard true surface. We're now in the process of putting in a pickleball court. I knew it. I knew uh, at she least was going to say a, that. <laughs> a, a movable pickleball court that's occupying our handball court. Okay. Wow. And we think we, it'll get much more play than the handball, but time will tell. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we, it, it's a lovely, peaceful area. We are about four blocks away from Mohegan Lake and we have Lake Rights. It's a private lake. It's not a, open to the public. I like to go kayaking there. So we, we think it's quite lovely. We weren't looking for a second home. We didn't think we could afford a second home. We didn't mm-hmm. think there'd be an opportunity for a second home. We were both still working full time at the time. You know, as Jean said, the house, uh, the cottage is uh, is smaller than a regular size house. And it's uh, it's actually even smaller than our Manhattan apartment in wow. terms of the square footage, right? Mm-hmm. The price was right. And it was in move-in condition. The, the uh, occupant had been there for about, I don't know, 30, 35 years and was in her late 80s and was ready to give it up. And so we uh, impulsively bought it. Okay. (laughs) And uh, we have uh, no regrets. And we have done a lot of renovating. We have put in a new deck that's large enough for some pretty nice looking plants. Uh, We have put in a a, a rather large eco garden, which is almost as expansive in terms of its square footage as the cottage (laughs) itself. Wow. Nice. Yes. So, you know, we, I don't think, I mean, maybe Diane was secretly plotting to try to (laughs) get me to buy a house there. I think probably she was, but uh, I had no thought about it. It just seemed lovely and, uh, and doable. The fact that it's just an hour and 10 minutes from our home in Manhattan uh, is a big plus. Uh, We can, uh, you know, come in for a doctor's appointment and go back the same day. If we like, it's not a major endeavor to come in and go back. It's only the community is only open six months of the year, uh, from the middle of April to the middle of October. So we're back in the city from October to April, and that gives us a chance to really have two residences. Right, right. And friends in both places. Okay. So let me ask you, you have to leave in October, so that's mandatory. That's right. They shut off the water. Oh, Oh, so it's... it's, So they're not winterized. They're not winterized. Well, I mean, our cottage, we we have winterized our cottage, Mm -hmm. but the way that we get our water from the town 
means that we're basically all on the same water line. Some of the houses are not fully winterized. The water lines are not winterized. They're too close to the surface to have water in them in the winter. So we looked into that because some bungalow communities have uh, undertaken winterization so that their 21st century residents can be there all year round. And that was particularly popular at the start of the COVID pandemic, as you can imagine, when Mm -hmm. a lot of people from the city left to go to their second homes wherever they were and Mm -hmm. wanted to just stay there. Uh, We looked into it. It's not feasible in our community, we have concluded. But but that's okay. I mean, the uh, like I say, we have insulated our house uh, well enough and done enough renovations that we can be there the entire time from April to the middle of October, regardless of the weather. Mm-hmm. And, and that's six we are. Months. Yeah, that's six months. That's quite a bit. It's good to have right. that change. Yeah. Right. So may we ask, what are the range of prices for these cottages? Well, I, I'm not sure about other bungalow communities. There are some in, uh, they call them cooperative communities now because most of the houses have been upgraded such that they aren't real, they aren't really bungalows anymore. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know about the pricing in other communities, although I'm impressed with the research you did do about median home prices, Uh, but they're nothing like the $415,000. I would say that median cottage price in our community, since we've been there, we've been there uh, four years. It has ranged from something like eighty thousand dollars to one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Oh, that's great! Very affordable, yeah. Wow. And it's a co-op, co-op so mm. the residents of New York City know what that means, since mm. so many apartment buildings in New York City are cooperatives. Sure. Um, it means that you will pay that 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 the real estate is owned by the corporation. You are a shareholder in the corporation and entitled to a lease by virtue of your status. Mm-hmm. And you pay a maintenance fee and perhaps some other fees to the corporation several times a year to uh, keep it operating. And, you know, for us, the advantage is we don't have to mow the lawn. There's a caretaker who does that. And there's an unseasonable snowfall. He'll shovel the snow turns the water off and on and takes care of the grounds, cleans the pool, you know, et cetera. Make sure the tennis court is uh, ready to go each season. And it's much lower maintenance than the house we used to own in Putnam County, about which we had to take care of everything. Wow. Is that right? Since that was a single family residence that we owned outright. Okay. So for us in our retirement years, it's nicer to have someone else taking care of those kinds of things yeah, and, yeah. and to have someone we can call if uh, if there's some sort of problem. Right, you know? right. It's like you're in an apartment building. <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, being so close to Manhattan, those are wonderful prices and it's such a nice little getaway. So the Westchester County is known to many of us in the New York area to be a little bit pricey with certain things. Very pricey. <laughs> to be to be blunt. Oh, so it's a co-op. So you don't pay real estate taxes, right? No, no. The co-op pays them. Right. Sure. Sure. So that's great. And you say the, mm-hmm. the fees aren't so much and they probably don't go up for sale very often, right? No, no. They go up for sale a lot. Um, It's it's interesting to me. um, I I didn't really know that the bungalows came from the Jewish community, but I have been aware since we've been in this bungalow community, a disproportionate number of the uh, cottages were owned by Jewish people. 
And um, some of them took over the cottage from their parents who originally owned it. And those people were Jewish. Not everybody's Jewish. And a lot of the newer people coming in are not Jewish. It seemed to me that it was a, it was a Jewish, that our community anyway, was from the 40s on uh, catering to Jewish civil servants from New York City, enabled them to get a respite from city life during the hot months. And uh, it was one of those places where the norms of the 1950s, dad would stay in the city and work and the homemaker mom would go up to the country with the kids and be there the whole time. And dad would come up on the weekends. It was one of those kinds of places. Mm. I would say not just, you know, sort of middle class, Jewish, and I think left leaning (laughs) politically community. Okay, good. Uh Very nice. Well, you know, it's funny when you said that it's only open half a year. I was thinking it's following the model of the summer camps. You know, right. kids would well, always go to camp. Right. And then camp would end and then everything shuts down. It's kind of like the other parts of upstate. They have the <laughs> camp schedule. Yeah. Well, and that's right. And as I say, our community was a camp in the, in the 40s. Yep. Right. Right. So I wanted to ask about the other costs related because of the Westchester Countyness. What about things like Internet, Wi-Fi? I'm assuming that's not covered and that's your own. No, no you, you have to add those as you would add them in your New York City cooperative apartment, you would end up paying for internet to an internet provider. You would pay for cable TV service to a provider of that. You also pay for heating and cooling in whatever fashion you want. Most of these cottages have propane suppliers that provide for the uh, hot water heater and the gas oven. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. uh, I I think one in our community is maybe two now, all electric. We didn't have that option when we bought in to make it all electric, or we might have, well, probably would have, but we didn't have that. Yeah. So tell us what those numbers kind of look like, because you've got your apartment in the city, and I'm assuming you're leaving those items on, right? Because right. you're that's, going back that's and right. forth. And, and, and it all it all because we have a a heat pump, an electric heat pump that now uh, provides us air conditioning in the summer and heat in the cooler parts of the year when we're there. It varies, just like the weather. The climate has varied dramatically in Mohegan Lake yeah. the last two years. We had three hurricanes inside of two weeks in wow. 2021, yeah. yep. and then in 2022 we had a drought. And uh, so things vary, and the temperature varies. Mm-hmm. The electric bills are not any greater than they are for our apartment in the city, okay. which is a larger apartment, like I said, and really about tw- twice the size, twice the square footage in the city. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's not far from ours, I guess, because our electric bill runs about, what is it, like 200, I think. And in the summer months with the air conditioning, it runs higher. I would assume that it would probably be in that range. Well, I, I no, I think... Uh, our electricity for the house in the summer, even when we're using a, a lot of it, uh, it has really been, uh, I don't think it's hit $200. Oh, it, yeah. It's less. Okay. But, but we, you know, we did some things to make our energy use efficient. We put insulation mm-hmm. in the roof. We put a new roof on. We put a new floor in. Wow. Insulated wow. the floor, insulated some walls. 
That's smart. Things like that. that. Yeah, that cuts down. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about food shopping? Is is there a supermarket near you? Is it yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. We have a choice of supermarkets 10 to 15 minutes away from the house. Uh, we have, uh, you know, the major highway between uh, uh, the Taconic Parkway and the town, uh, the city of Peekskill, five minutes from us. So that means that the drugstore, five minutes away. Mm-hmm. You can't see it from where we are, you know, <laughs> that's um, nice, but, but, but it's very close. So, so all of those kinds of uh, amenities and we can, uh, we can get to pretty easily. Okay. And what about uh, restaurants? Can you, are the DC restaurants around? Close enough? Yes, there are some. We sometimes go to uh, restaurants in Peekskill, of which there are a few, but there are there are some in, in Yorktown Heights and uh, other parts of the northwestern part of Westchester that, that are very easy to get to. We're we're easy to get to, but once you get to us, you're sort of lost in the woods. So, <laughs> well, do you need a car? Let me just say, we have not owned a car in 25 years since we oh. sold our house in Putnam County, and we subscribe to that partly because it's so expensive to own a car in New York City and we don't uh, need one Mm -hmm. in New York City. Uh, When I was working with Jean uh, at the appellate division, I walked to work and uh, Diane's office was halfway between the courthouse and our apartment. And I'd usually pick her up on the way home and we'd walk home together. Oh, wow. Okay. So, and of course we have public transit here in Manhattan. Right. Uh, quite good. So we don't own a car, but we do need one when we're upstate. So we rent a car. Uh, we uh, rent for the six months and it saves a little money. We thought we would buy a car, but, you know, we wouldn't use it between October and April. So sure. it really didn't make a lot of sense. And we would only buy an electric car and that until the new 50,000 electric charging stations are set up. <laughs> There's just not that many places to charge them. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Okay. So is that difficult to find a car rental by you or do you rent it from Manhattan? Uh, we rent in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. You know, we tell them we, we're going to want the car for six months and uh, we can get a reduced rate that way. I think other people maybe do it some other ways, but, uh, you know, others of our neighbors in our community own cars. They don't all live in Manhattan and they uh, drive their cars from wherever their home is up to Mohegan Woodlands. Okay. Right. Okay. Are you walking distance to like a coffee house or anything like that? No. Okay. <laughs> They're okay. in the woods, go. All right. Yeah, we would not want to be. We have, we have suburban neighbors around us uh, that are within walking distance when we go off our property we you know they're manicured streets with houses and whatnot no you'd okay. have to drive, drive away a ways for that but it's not not prohibitive 15 20 minutes sure how far are you you talk about Peekskill and there are great restaurants there in a great great town how far is that I think it's about five miles oh, oh that's close yeah maybe right. maybe less maybe less maybe somewhere between three and five miles. Okay. Wow. Okay. You talked about the weather for a minute. Is the weather, is it, is it too humid for you being from uh, Arizona originally? Uh, well, I've been in New York for 50 years now, so um, <laughs> I'm, I'm frequently mistaken for a native New Yorker, believe it or not. Okay. I am explaining. You to sound like I, one. You yeah, sound like hey, a New Yorker. Yeah. Well, uh, but I'm not. I'm not. Um, so no, I mean, uh, I think that the, the variations in the, um, 
climate that we've seen as a result of climate change are the things that are more disturbing yeah. to me, particularly since it's, it, you know, they're vacillation. You know, one year you're worried about flooding, the next year you're worried yeah. about uh, all the plants dying because of the drought. Yeah. You know, yeah. it just, it's horrible. It's really, we don't know what we're going to see. Right, exactly. All right, let's move on to healthcare. You, you mentioned you you go see your doctors in Manhattan, but what if, God forbid, an emergency happened? Is there is there a hospital nearby? A decent hospital? Yes, in fact, an emergency did happen this summer, and we went to uh, Westchester County Medical Center, which is probably the uh, best emergency room outside of New York City. It's maybe 15, 20 minutes from where we live. Oh, that's okay. not bad at all, yeah. But did you just call an ambulance or no, no, we drove we, it was not was not that kind of a an okay. emergency. We we were able to drive over there, but uh, okay. and and in terms of requiring other is there like an urgent care or right, right. There's an urgent care five minutes away near the pharmacy oh, across nice. the street, oh. you know. Uh, and uh, some of our neighbors have uh, developed relationships with local doctors. So you can. They have doctors in Westchester. Oh, do they? <laughs> yeah, they do. They do. Um, but 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 we we haven't. Okay. We've, we've okay. stuck with our Manhattan doctors. Yeah, yeah. For our listeners, those of you living in the Midwest or so forth, Westchester is a, a very affluent area. And when we hear that it's in the woods, Gene and I know that there's all the amenities one could ever need. Yeah. So there's no yeah. shortage. I just wanted to point that out. Okay. So where's the nearest airport? Let's say in May, you decide, hey, you know, Diane, let's take a trip to Mexico. Well, there is a, an airport in, in Westchester. We've not ever used it. Mm-hmm. The car services up here will take you to LaGuardia, Kennedy, or Newark if mm-hmm. you call and ask them to. So you can pretty well get in or out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The airport that's near you, is that the, um, what is it, the Newburgh? Westchester County. Westchester County? I think there's one in Westchester. Okay, okay. There's one in Newburgh also. There's also one in Newburgh. Yeah. Okay. Do they have long destination flights at these I don't know. Yeah. For the most part, they go to Florida. Oh, okay. Because I remember reading about them. All right. Newburgh, you can actually, I just reading from Newburgh, you can go to Iceland now. Wow. And from Iceland, you go to Europe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Of Europe. Okay. Because I have uh, <laughs> one of my best friends moved to Newburgh right. and, you know, I know she doesn't come back to uh, the city to fly out. Yeah, Interesting. We, we digress. <laughs> okay. We digress. <laughs> All right. Good. Good. So are you going to be playing on the uh, new pickleball court since you like tennis? I, I did uh, try it out. I was persuaded by my friends who installed it to play <laughs> with them. They were each other's partners and, uh, they partnered me with another tennis player from the oh. community. And the other tennis player and I, we had a little bit of adjustment to make. It's sure, not man. tennis, okay? No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and I like, I prefer tennis. Do and you? I, okay. Yeah, I, I do. I, I'm a tennis player since I was a kid. And I play tennis all winter here with my sure. tennis group in Manhattan. It's amusing. (laughs) She's so kind. (laughs) You know, because um, on our program, I think every other guest that's come on is like, oh, we're now in a pickleball league. Or in fact, there was an article in the New York Times recently how the families were upset that their children were being knocked off by the playgrounds by the playgrounds by uh these manhattan old pickleball players yeah yeah i i saw that story as well right i saw that story as well and you know frankly there's some 
disagreement and discussion yep. in our community about, you know, whether there should be pickleball, whether there should be tennis, you know, whether there should be handball. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Up for debate. You can you can have both. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do for fun up there? It's, do you go hiking? Do you, do you Yes. Yes, we can go hiking. There's actually uh the town has uh, with with our the help of volunteers from our community has created a uh, nature trail and hike a small one uh, about nice. uh, two miles in length that's uh, just a couple of blocks from where we live and that's nice uh, and of course we can drive to many locations in uh, the Hudson Valley area oh, or beautiful Tulsa, uh, which are, are very proximate to where we are so uh, there's a lot of scenery to take in there's bicycling and uh, I don't know it's it's very 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 relaxing very comfortable. And you can definitely, I assume, feel the change in the stress levels, right? Right. That's right. It's been very nice. We did. We weren't when we first bought the house. Our first summer was 2019, and I was still working at the court. But one thing I wanted to make sure of before we bought the house was there, that there would be a place for me to work, because uh, even though we were only coming on the weekends, right, right. as Jean knows. <laughs> That's that's work time for the yeah. judge. Oh, yes, yes. I have a nice little uh, study set up there. We would go on the weekends because most people during the summer of 2019 were showing up at their place of employment. Yeah, yeah. Monday through Friday. Once COVID hit, we decided that in the warm months we would just move there. So we had we lived there mm-hmm. between April and October. Nice. Should we be blessed with the elimination of COVID? Yeah. and all other pandemics, mm-hmm. if that should come to pass, yeah. we probably will still live there half the year. Yeah. I agree with you, and I envy you. I think it's, yeah. it's so important. It's been very nice. I don't yeah. know how many of your interviewees uh, divide their time in retirement between two locations, but for us, it's been really nice. I mean, if we want to see an opera, we do it in the city and stay at our city apartment. And if we want to spend time gardening, we do it in the country and spend time at the cottage. And it's just been nice to have a choice. Yeah, no, no, you can't beat having two homes. I mean, that is something that I would love. You know, you've missed the arts or you missed the heavy, the museums and so forth. Now, I, for me and Jean, you know, we've never lived in Manhattan. Personally, when I come into the city, I do feel the energy. But for me, psychologically, because most of my career was in Midtown, I was always stuck between 49th and 50th Street, ranging from 3rd Avenue to 9th Avenue. And I just, you know, it was like a nightmare taking the public transit. And I was walking so fast. Now, that's not the Gillen. That killing would have knocked over the current killing, you know. <laughs> so, but if you live in Manhattan, you know, you you adjust to that pace, and it's not as different. I suppose. Also, I think living there is different. Right, right. You're you're yeah. part of that community. Yeah, yeah. But when I go in, the minute we hit that, if we're driving, for example, in the um, no, I don't call it the Hugh Carey, the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. The minute that line, if you notice in the tunnel, it'll say Manhattan. Then there's a little line and it says Brooklyn. The minute I enter the Brooklyn side, my stress levels just drop. (laughs) It can be stressful here in Brooklyn sometimes. Not like Manhattan. No, it's a different kind of stress. Well, see, you can say go away. For us, uh, Gillen, we did not have to give up what we liked 
about our pre-retirement sure. home sure, sure. in retirement. And right. so th- this gives us, we feel, the best of both worlds. Oh, yeah. We feel very lucky to have it, the opportunity, and we enjoy it. We have uh, friends come up and visit us in the country and yeah. and all of that. But we, we're not giving up our New York City connections. No, I wouldn't either. I yeah. wouldn't either. So for people who, who are listening out there, we're looking at a picture of your place. It's just beautiful. The manicured oh, lawn, stunning. The beautiful trees, and then the, the natural garden. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be um, posting you, some you of these on Instagram. That price just, just oh, it's mind-boggling. Stuns me in this area. Yeah, right, so right. Close to the city. Yeah, good for well, you. That that's right. And I should just say that, of course, the less you pay for a cottage in a community like ours, the more renovations you're probably going to want to <laughs> yeah, do. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On the other hand. Uh, the more you pay, the fewer renovations you'll need. So, oh, right. You talk about renovations. Did you have trouble getting a good contractor up there? No, they, they hover over us. Oh. Uh, oh, there wow. are three or four of them in our area who do a lot of the work for us. I mean, we we have the contractors we prefer. Mm-hmm. Our next door neighbor has a different contractor she prefers. Mm-hmm. And uh, our good friend on the property has yet a different contractor wow. he prefers. <laughs> wow. um, and, but all three of those, uh, co- four really, four of those contractors have done a lot of work on the property. They know the property. Mm-hmm. They know its pluses and its minuses, and they accommodate us. So mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. great. To find four reputable contractors. Right? Yeah. That's great. That's oh, yeah. They're all great. And they've done great work for us at you can see the uh, the addition we put on our house that comes out the back of it toward the deck. Oh, I know sure, the yeah. podcast listeners can't see it. Yeah. That's all brand new. And, and that roof uh, is nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's new too. A tree tree fell on it last year, so we had <laughs> oh, to put a tree it in fell on. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. The caretaker. It was in the winter, so the caretaker called us the day it happened. You know, and the yeah. very next working day, he covered the hole in the roof as well as he could. The very next working day, our contractor was up there and put a new roof on. Yeah, they, you know, they like the business. These cottages, like I say, from uh, eighty years ago, yeah. mm-hmm. and the ones that haven't been refurbished need it, and the contractors are hovering around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's well, great. you know, personally, I think having a a fixer upper is not a bad idea because you might want to simplify the look of things. And to me, you can put that money in towards use to design it to your needs. Yeah, yeah your style. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the people are aging in their homes these days, or that's th- their preference. So they're making those adjustments more and more. So I think that's helpful. It's good to have good contractors that don't just abandon you. You know, we hear these horror stories. Well, right. All right. This has been great. Do you have any advice you'd give someone looking for a home to retire in or? or- retiring part-time? Things that were important to us were that it was easy travel distance between our main home and our second home. Mm -hmm. We could move in right away, even though we did a lot of renovation. It was in move-in condition when we bought it. It enabled us to pursue our chosen lifestyle. I mean, we you know, there was a room for me to do my work. I, I'm uh, I'm still busy, as as uh, Gillen said, in retirement. I not only do climate change work, I do uh, 
rule of law policy advocacy work. Um, <laughs> and I've written many a law review article in this cottage. Okay. Wow. And, uh, Diane is an avid gardener and she has done a remarkable job of this eco garden and other uh, gardening around the property. And she can, she still runs her private psychotherapy practice out of her space in the cottage, but it's telemedicine. This wasn't a real dramatic shift for us. We didn't have to think, gosh, will we like the politics of the people whose community we're moving into? Because we could always go back to where we were, right? right? right. And also it seemed like the politics were reflective of ours, but not entirely, not entirely. Sure, Um, sure. uh, This uh, congressional seat just flipped. Yeah, er- yeah, earlier this week. That was in, shocking. In this neighborhood. Yeah. We were able to transition to this next stage of our life sort of incrementally by getting a place that enabled us to keep doing activities that we really like or needed to do, and letting us be within shouting distance of our home for all these other years, 40 sure. years. So it, it wasn't a shock to the system, like diving into a cold swimming pool or something. Right, <laughs> right. Well put, well put. Okay, well, this has been a lot of fun and we want to thank you for your time and your insights. I think that Gina and I love the area. Well, I know we love the area. We, <laughs> we usually go up to the Hudson area to do antiquing and so forth. The other thing I have to say is when you have two homes, you don't have to major downsize, right? Or declutter or so if you're one of those, I mean, you might add to your <laughs> second home, but you don't have that monster of a task. We just want to thank you. Thank you for your time. Well, thank thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It's been fun. I look forward to tuning into your other uh, podcast and learning about other people's experiences. Wonderful. We appreciate it. All right. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.